Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast, brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. If you're pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. We've made all this advice accessible. Grab your own Thrive Guide with a workbook on leadership skills at christinedelano.com. So put aside that massive to-do list and let's get inspired. We get the best feedback and questions. Thank you. Keep them coming. A recent one I wanted to highlight is, would love to hear more about building or creating your story, a value proposition of yourself that would help in salary adjustment meetings or readiness for promotion. I've been talking about this with one of my mentees who feels she is underpaid for what she does. I hear you, and we'll put some thought into this. I'll tee up the question today, and we're also looking to do a season of coaching with different executive coaches who will tackle this question and others as we learn to ask for what we need and what we deserve. Now on to today. This is our final mentoring episode for this season. If you've missed any of our amazing guests, I encourage you to go back and listen to their episodes. From assembling your own personal board of directors to navigating mentorship across competitors, we've excavated the best advice from some of the most successful women. On this episode, we're talking impact mentoring with Jill Mavro and Kelly McKenna. Time is valuable. How do you assure that your mentoring relationships have impact? Not just feel good moments, but truly propel and challenge your career. Jill Mavro is an independent fund trustee for BNY Mellon ETF Trust, an advisor to CapW Global, a boutique investment bank that provides growth, capital raising, and deal structuring guidance to companies founded by women and entrepreneurs of color. Jill worked at State Street for 23 years. She worked across different business units and even relocated to London for two years while at the firm. Jill is a wife and mom to two small children. She devotes herself to volunteer work, including sitting on a hospital board. Jill is a previous guest on the show. Don't miss episode number six on career transitions. Kelly McKenna is the chief operating officer and enterprise growth leader for BNY Mellon Global Client Management, where she is responsible for accelerating organic growth with strategic clients, regions, and partnerships. Kelly has over three decades of experience in strategic client growth roles across financial services. Prior to rejoining BNY Mellon, she was head of Prudential's client management team and at State Street, global head of State Street Center for Applied Research. Kelly is a graduate of Pennsylvania State University and has served as a member of the board of directors for the Island Creek Oyster Foundation. Kelly is a single mom of two kids in their 20s, and during the pandemic, her and her daughter completed a full house renovation, filling seven dumpsters of gutted material. Welcome, Kelly and Jill, to the We Talk Careers podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks. It's great to be here. So happy you guys are both here. Now, Jill, you and I have known each other for a while. Kelly, I'm excited to get to know you more on this podcast. Jill is one of those people for me that if she's going to be in an event, I'm going to try to get my tail there. And recently we met up with a table full of women in Newburyport, and one of them asked for career and training input. 
And I'm going to shout out to this very fun, smart woman who I'd love to get on the show, but I'm not going to call her out a name. Um, And Jill had the best advice. I kind of sat back after everyone had sort of given some input. Jill just basically said, put yourself in the role, the travel, the hotels, the nitty gritty of the day by day that her company would want from her as she embarked on this path. And we all got to play along. We all threw out tasks and challenges and different places she'd have to go and all these things that would be required of her if she sort of embarked on this new path while she was still at the firm that she was at. And I got to say, just watching her face, you could see through the excitement and the opportunity that she thought she had before her, how difficult this path was actually going to be with her current life stage. So Jill, that was pretty great. And I just have to shout out. It was really just a kind of an awesome experience to see mentoring of kind of a board of directors almost in action. So thanks for that. Well, thanks, Christine. That was a fun one because um, I think sometimes people who have great roles at amazing companies sometimes are looking and thinking the grass is greener. And so that was definitely a case of that. So I'm glad we had that conversation and I'm glad she brought that up. Yes. And you diagnosed it right away. We're all like, oh, that sounds great. You could do this. You could do this. And you're like, no, wait a minute. Yeah. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Good job, Jill. Yes. It was so good. So tell me, Jill, how did you two meet? So um, first of all, Christine, thanks so much uh, for inviting me on. And when you said you were doing a mentorship series, I got really excited because I think this is the one thing where it's so critical and so crucial to a person's professional and personal development in a lot of ways. I think it really can make the difference. I think it's extremely hard to find great mentors. And fortunately for me, I've had a few great mentors in my life, but for this Women in ETFs podcast, I wanted to do something a little different. And I really started thinking about, you know, people in my life that maybe weren't necessarily formal mentors, but who made an incredible impact on my life and my career. And one of those people was Kelly McKenna, who we've invited onto the show. (laughs) And I think she was a little stunned when I called her about a month ago and said, hey, Women in ETFs is doing this podcast, and I'd love you to be my guest and, and join and talk to us about your experiences with mentoring and being mentored. And I think Kelly was a little surprised because she was like, I made that much of an impact to you. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) you did, you know, and she said, why? And we talked a little bit about it, which we'll talk about later in the show. But I think from there, Kelly did a little reflection on her own about her experience mentoring. And and Kelly and, and my relationship or partnership didn't start off as a mentor relationship. We both worked at State Street. She came in 2010 and she was building a research group, the Center for Applied Research. And it was my job to sort of navigate State Street and bring to our clients all these great things that State Street was doing. So I think it was the first month she came to State Street and we met. And I just saw in her a leadership quality and a skill set and sort of, you know, her background and experience. And I just thought, wow, I can learn a lot from this woman. And luckily she took the time with me. And then fast forward, she really helped me to get promoted to managing director and then subsequently to senior managing director. So Kelly, thanks so much for taking the time and doing all the prep and I'll hand it off to you to to um, explain to everybody sort of what you found in your reflection upon doing this podcast. 
Well, Jill, thank you so much. I really appreciate all the kudos. Um, I actually was a little shocked when you reached out to me. I mean, I loved our time together over the years when we were at State Street, and uh, we did spend quite a bit of time together. And I actually had to take some time to think about what was it that I did. You know, I, I've mentored people for years. I've mentored men. I've mentored women, young, older, all different types. And it's something that I actually really enjoy doing. But I have never really thought about, like, what is it? that makes the impact or how do I think about it? And so after you and I talked, I actually reached out to some of my former mentees to say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this podcast. By the way, it's the first podcast I've ever done. So uh, this is new for me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to find out, you know, did they have a similar experience to you, Jill? Or, you know, what was impactful? And everybody's different, right? Everybody's struggling and trying to figure out different things in their journey with their career. And it was so interesting to me to get the feedback that I got from different people. And, you know, I talked to one woman and she said, you know, she said, you were so confident and courageous in your role and and how you handled yourself. She said, all I could think about is if I had a little bit of that, I could do things differently. And she said, I just started up a biotech company. And she said, I would never have done that had I not spent the time with you and had you not helped me build my confidence to go out and do something different. So it was kind of a nice little journey, Jill, to go out and reconnect with folks that I hadn't talked to in a while. And then I spoke to a a man that I had mentored and he said, listen, he said, naively, there was a period where I just assumed everybody senior to me was also smarter than me. And through our mentoring and through our conversations, you made me realize that some of the challenges I was struggling with weren't unique. And so it's like being able to provide that perspective to folks that everybody's got stuff going on in their life. Nobody's perfect in their personal or professional life. And there's always ways to think about where you fit in and and what that looks like. And I love what you said about sort of being the example for the woman that you were talking about that started the biotech company. What I wrote down, confident and courageous And it wasn't necessarily, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like it was the advice that you gave her or these impactful words that you had for her. She witnessed this in you. And I think a lot of mentors who get a little bit, I don't know, fearful or sort of like shy of kind of stepping into this are like, I don't know what I would have to say. I don't know that I've got these like (laughs) great, you know, go and go and read a book, you know, (laughs) you know, like there's great advice everywhere. Why do you need somebody like me? And My words are always, but you're leading by example, but you're allowing them a view into your world and the things that you're doing, and they're going to be able to see up close how you handle things. And that witnessing is going to be impactful to their careers. So I think that's exactly what you were able to do for that woman. Christine, firsthand experience, you know, role modeling is such a big part of this. And that can make all the difference in the world. And for me, Kelly helped build my confidence. You know, she used to give me advice on how to navigate promotions, how to be diplomatic about it, how to talk about my achievements in a way that was not gloating, but in a really productive way. And I think professionally, when Kelly and I worked together, you know, she would have meetings at the very top of the house of some of the biggest broker dealers and banks in the country, in the world. And she would make sure I had a seat at that table. And at that point, I hadn't had that experience and no one was sort of giving me that leg up. And so 
that's what was invaluable to me is just, um, and she would share her own personal experiences and, and what she was going through and how she handled it. And we would talk it through. And, and that really helped me think about, you know, how personally I could take that advice and that guidance and use it in my own path. Yeah. And I think one of the things I was reflecting on after you and I first talked, Jill, was what are the things that I've learned in my career that are really important to being successful? And I always talk to all of the incoming summer interns. And today I have about 20 plus analysts and associates that report to me and network. It's all about your network. And you and I've been so fortunate that we've had external facing jobs. So by virtue of what we've done, you've built a huge network and then you've had to learn how to navigate an organization, right? In order to do your job well. So like your network, problem solving, but also empowering people to take stretch roles or to, to rise to the occasion, right? So taking all of those different things when you're in mentoring conversations or you're working with folks, how do I avail Jill of my network? You know, how do I open that up to her to give her that access or that senior exposure? And I think to me, the biggest thing with mentoring is your ability. It's like action and support. So there are, I think, many different ways to sponsor folks. You can do it by, you know, fighting for and sponsoring them. You can do it by extending your network and opening up doors. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. And depending on the individual, figuring out what is the most helpful. So you mentioned, Kelly, that it is all about your network and really helping like the analysts that work for you and others that you come in contact with of, of how to build it. So when you talk about helping someone else's career, sponsoring their career, and as Jill said, you know, finding that seat at the table, that is some risk, right? Because this is mm -hmm. your network. This is what you've built up. You've built, built it on your reputation. So if you're bringing someone else in, you're basically telling those in your network that this person is worthy of their time and their attention and the introduction that you're going to put into that that's by no means sort of a simple or just an assumed thing. So what is it that, for example, you saw in Jill that would infuse you with this idea that you could actually introduce her widely to your network and give her that seat at the table? So Jill was excellent at her job. She understood the industry and her area of expertise incredibly well. So what she needed was just that little bit of support and propping up, if you will, to give her the confidence to feel like she could have that seat at the table. And to me, being able to bring her to those senior level meetings or encouraging her to run a specific meeting herself rather than allowing her manager at the time to do that was super important. So I think part of it is navigating the relationship, understanding where you can have an impact, what will make the difference. And, you know, if you are using your political capital, is it the right place to be doing that? And those are all, I think, decisions that you kind of make as you're going through this journey together. Yeah, and that was incredibly important because sometimes it's hard as a, I'll just say it, as a woman in these big organizations to find people that are role models and that understand your business and understand what you're trying to do. Kelly and I were both client facing. We both had, you know, enterprise level jobs. You know, she was someone that I could go to with a question about how do I handle this? You know, there are several people who want to go to the meeting. Just to go to the meeting, how do I sort of clear through the noise and get the right people to the meeting, even if that meant having a difficult conversation with 
my manager about maybe stepping back on this meeting. And, and those <laughs> types of conversations can get really tricky and really sticky. And so that's the kind of thing that I would go to Kelly and just say, hey, confidentially, you know, this is happening. How, how would you handle this? And so that was always really helpful. And I think I did a pretty good job of that when I was, you, did, you know, you did an amazing job. Yeah. And I get to see that on, we were on the board together with women in ETFs and, and Jill, I think you navigated quite a few very kind of careful conversations um, as we were figuring out the structure that would be globally. And so um, I imagine a lot of that came from those experiences. At the top of this podcast, I mentioned that one of the listener questions, and we just love getting them, so um, keep them coming, was about creating a story that could help drive change or opportunity in your own career. And Jill, you mentioned that Kelly has helped you navigate through, in fact, some promotions. Um, so having those kind of conversations where you're trying to craft together, how is it that I humbly but strongly speak through who I am and show the value to this company? So can you give us a, a little bit of an insight on what that conversation looked like and, and what you were able to do with it? So for me, I always struggled with patting myself on the back and talking about my achievements. And I think whenever you go into a compensation-related or promotion-related conversation with anybody in your company, I think you need to be armed with your achievements and the facts about the impact that you're making on the business and the reputation you have, in my case, with my clients. And so through various iterations, Kelly helped me to really be able to articulate that. And it wasn't, you know, it was my style. It was my style of tooting my own horn and my style of talking about my achievements. And that worked really well because I had some previous advice and some other advice, which was great advice. It just wasn't my style of talking. It wasn't my style of doing things. I like to do things and make sure they're done really well, and then I'll talk about them. And I think there's, you know, there's a piece of that where it was like once I felt like I had earned whatever it was, either either it was compensation or or promotion. It's all about how you talk about it, and and it's also letting people know. In the case of promotions, letting people know what you want to do and where you want to get involved. I remember there was an opportunity to go on a board as an interested trustee or an interested director, rather, for a global alliance company that State Street had at the time. And I remember Kelly saying, oh, definitely, you know, a board seat would be great. And the COO at the time of the company was sponsoring me to do this, which was a great opportunity. So through this, like, articulation of what I wanted to do and crafting sort of my value add to the company and letting people know where I wanted to go and what my path wanted to be, I got that opportunity. And you know, there's a lot of research that actually suggests that getting the underrepresented population at your company, getting them experience on boards or with P&L experience, it helps people propel their careers. And I think it, it did for me. And Kelly and I talked about this board seat for a while because I really didn't have a lot of extra time, but it turned out mm -hmm. to be a great opportunity. I think the, the other piece to that too is understanding what the promotion process is, right? So when we were at State Street, it was a really formal process. It was once a year. So 
understanding how you were measured, what was looked at, what was valued, what was perceived as impact or not impact. So it's a bit like going into a meeting and doing all your pre-work and meeting with the meeting participants ahead of time to, to really understand what types of questions that they have. So when you go into that meeting, you've got all your bases covered and you're not going to be surprised by anything. So similarly for a promotion process, really understanding what is it going to take have you had the right exposure with the right people? Uh, what does that look like? Are you doing the right things? Are you having the kind of impact that's valued? Uh, and then what more importantly is it that you want to do longer term? And then putting all of that together so you're in front of the right people, you're in your own words, Jill, you know, carrying the kind of message that you need to carry and just kind of planning it out. So really being thoughtful about it. That's a really good point because understanding the promotion process is super critical and the people who have decision rights on the promotions. And so, you know, you want to make sure you get in front of those people and you want to make sure you're showing well when you're with them. And, you know, a lot of this is about your reputation. So just you got to make sure that even when people aren't looking, you're (laughs) doing the right thing. Yeah. And and taking this down a notch, um, I've been watching American Idol, which I have not watched in many (laughs) seasons, but a really good family friend, their daughter, it made it to the top 24. So like, I mean, wow. how can I not? And she's amazing. So talented and beautiful. But I was just thinking about the promotion process because they announced um, the top 24, the last of them last night. And a number of them had reasons why they needed to be in the top 24, which was not the promotion process for American Idol, right? American Idol is looking for these big voices. They're looking for artists. They're looking for people with stage presence and confidence and people that can go on to have huge careers, right? Because those people have huge careers, then promote the show that they're they're on. They're not looking for the people who actually necessarily need the break. Now, sometimes you kind of get a break because, you know, you create a story about it. But a lot of the folks were sort of creating a promotion process that wasn't in line with what the show was looking to promote. And you could actually see them falling right. off the top 24. And so I, I just think, you know, for those who don't quite understand how you're aligning to the promotion process, you can see it playing out in a number of industries, you know, including just right before you on a, on a show like American Idol. But I just, I really want to sort of double click on this, this piece of it in terms of understanding what the promotion process is within your organization. Like, what are they measuring? What do they see as impact? You may see it as impact, in your own career, you may see this as, oh, those were really great opportunities for me to be able to speak outside the organization. But is your organization seeing that as impact for them? Are they becoming a more recognized organization because of your ability to speak? Are they becoming a more resilient, a more fruitful company because of the things that you're doing? So I I love that when you're thinking about talking about this, Kelly, um, with Jill, that you start with, well, how are you being measured? Yeah, and it's also like, what are the factors that go into it, right? Is it, is it the stuff that you do on the side of your desk that, that's really outside of your day job? You know, how are you giving back? What are the values of the organization? What's important to the company in terms of, of who we are as individuals and how we show up at work? So there's so many different dimensions to it, but ensuring that you really understand what those are and how they come into play. And then do you check the box? And I'm not saying this in a check the box way, but do you have you been doing the right things? So I'm actually working with someone here 
um, at Bank of New York who missed the promotion process last year and really I don't think had the right kind of sponsorship. And again, it's it's a once a year thing formal. So we've been prepping way ahead of the process to say, are you doing all the right things that you need to be doing? Do you have the kind of visibility? What does that look like? How should you be positioning yourself? Who should you be in front of? It's all about preparing. Right. And so when you think about that preparation, what's so interesting about both of you is that you've held such visible enterprise level positions. So if you're to give advice to other firms about getting results out of a mentoring program, what would you tell them? Like, why do it? And what should they be doing to actually get the results that they need? I'll start because I saw I have a really great example from a a luncheon I went to two weeks ago. It was the EOS Foundation, Andrea Silbert. She puts out a paper every year about the power gap in Massachusetts. And, you know, she says we're making some progress, but obviously not to the levels that we need to get to. But she had a panelist, and it was the CEO from Vertex, Reshma Kawal Ramani. And she talked about a program that they've put into place. And I can send you this white paper, Christine, to put on the podcast notes because I think everybody should read it. And there were some recommendations in there. One specific to mentoring, what they do at Vertex is they take their executive committee, which is the top six people in the organization, and they have identified the underrepresented population within Vertex that they're trying to wrap their arms around and support and promote. And what they do is they, each of the executive committee members takes on one of these uh, people and takes them under their wing and they go through a formal mentoring program for a couple of years. And I just thought that was really powerful because here you have the top six people at the firm taking people who are probably two or three levels down from them and taking the time to meet with them, listen to them, share perspectives. And she said it's had an amazing impact. They've promoted, you know, a handful of these folks and, and it's really working well. And I thought that was a great idea. In fact, I'm hoping to bring that to women in ETFs through our sponsor committee at the executive level. But I think taking the time and being really intentional about the underrepresented population in your firm and how you can get them, you know, are there role models? Are there people that look and have similar experience or backgrounds, you know, at the senior levels? And can they take on a few of these people and and help mentor them and sponsor them? But being intentional. And then Kelly mentioned opening up networks. You know, it's one thing to sit in a closed room with one other person and share your experiences and listen and ask questions. It's another thing to open up your network and trust your mentee with that network. And, um, That is extremely powerful. I mean, that's probably the most powerful gift you can give a mentee. Yeah. So I I would add to that, that it's, you know, it's everybody could benefit from mentoring, right? So it doesn't matter who you are or uh, or where you sit within the organization. I'm a huge fan of paying it forward. And I think our greatest gift that we can give at this stage in our careers is our time and learning. And so I've been really fortunate over the years to have some incredible mentors. One of the things I wish they had done one who's the CEO of State Street now, one who was the CEO of State Street before, you know, at different times in my in my career. And they had nothing but time for me, great advice. But the one thing I really wished that both of them had done would be to have pushed me out of my comfort zone. So challenged me to maybe do things differently, to take on a different, you know, they would suggest, you know, taking on 
different roles, but really pushing me to actually go do it. So I think it's that concept of action and support, but really getting people outside of their comfort zone to go do something different. And I think that's incredibly important. And, you know, maybe it would have changed some direction in my career or not, but I think like when Jill and I spent a lot of time together, it was really trying to push her out of her comfort zone to do things that she wasn't necessarily comfortable with. And and it makes a big difference. Which kind of brings me back to the white paper, which we will put a link on. So thank you so much, um, Jill, for that. When I think about these six executives that are encouraged to sort of dive deep down, and then I think about the fact that in order to be effective, they're going to need to, um, Kelly, as you said, you know, sort of push the boundaries of sort of comfort and, mm-hmm. you know, encourage them to to not just think about it, but actually perform in areas that maybe they don't have the experience in. So did they talk, Jill, or have you seen a good reference for how you get executives trained up in being a mentor? You know, like, how is it that folks know what to do? I mean, I think certainly listening to this podcast for the last uh, few episodes have have given people some really great insights on what makes great mentorship relationships. But any anything else to add there? So there's I, there's another article that I'll send you, which is from Harvard Business Review from 2020, and it's called Why Your Mentorship Program Isn't Working. So it's a lot of the things that we've already covered, but they in it, they have a recommendation and they've got a master mentor approach. So you get someone like Kelly at your firm who's, it just comes so naturally to and she could help train and help put some guidelines in place and some protocols. And anyway, in this article, it goes through how they do it. But it's kind of interesting because there's a pre, you know, getting prepared, doing it, and then a post follow-up. And it's just a cohort. It's like a six, six-week six program. But there are online tools as well that can help companies think about how to make it. The thing you don't want is the mediocre or the marginal mentor. And that's someone who really isn't interested in doing it, doesn't know how they're doing it, doesn't know what they're doing, because those that's just you know an hour that is just kind of a waste of time for everybody. And you want to have mentees who are really into it as well. Yeah, and I think too, if you if you are in a mentor mentee relationship and and it's not working, then it makes sense to have that conversation and help pair that individual with somebody that might be a better fit for them, right? So I think being transparent, being honest. You know, one of the things that we didn't really talk about is I think being a mentor, you have to really listen. You have to have low ego, a self-awareness, really listen carefully to the person that you're working with and figuring out like, is it working? Is it not working? There's another aspect, I think, also that we've not covered, which is celebrating both work and personal success. You know, everybody's got stuff going on in their life that absolutely impacts, you know, how they show up to work. And I think, Jill, maybe you were even pregnant at the time Mm -hmm. when we were at at one point. Um, So, you know, people, everyone's got a lot of stuff going on in their life. And so how do you help people figure out what that balance is and, you know, celebrating successes personally, professionally, because it's all linked together and helping people understand that everybody's got something going on, that it's not unique to you. Yeah. And I think this celebrating of success is such a, maybe an underrated um, Mm -hmm. piece of it. Um, And that, you know, having someone that actually understands in the trenches, what it means to achieve some of the things that, that we're able to achieve is, is a big deal. Uh, You know, I know I, I live in Maine and 
you know, having come back, traveling to work in New York and then coming back all the time and then just sort of talking a little bit about my job, things that were trouble actually sounded like success to others. Like it was hard to translate sometimes like right. when, when things were actually something to celebrate and when it was that I was, you know, just sort of steeped in what is my next step. And so having a mentor that actually understands what you're going through, what the job is, you know, what the ecosystem is around you and really knowing when to take that pause and say, you know, let's, let's celebrate this. Let's not just sort of move on to the next thing that's expected of us. Let's, let's actually take a moment to appreciate ourselves and, and those around us that are, are making it happen. And in preparation for this, you know, I asked Kelly, what do you think makes a really good mentor and why you've been so successful at it? And she said, I, you know, <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> she basically said, you know, it's about being authentic. You know, you, you need to be authentic. You need to open yourself up. And I think you said, quote unquote, you need to share the journey. And I think that's what you're talking about right now. You yeah, know, you, I agree. You go through all these highs and lows and it's not just about your professional career and even more so now after what everybody's gone through. It's a really nice time to sort of open up. I think you said, bring your, you bring your whole self to work. And I think that's nice for people to see the other side of, of a person, especially in these types of trusted relationships. I would agree with that. Something that you brought up earlier is that Jill and I were, have been really fortunate to have enterprise roles, which gives us such a breadth as well as a depth in terms of the network, the relationships that we have. And not many people have those types of roles. So when you think about individuals that you're meeting with that may sit in a particular line of business that don't have that purview, don't have that bandwidth or that you know exposure to an organization or to people, that's where you know that network comes into play. And, and maybe it's not necessarily your political capital, Christine, as you had, you know, spoken to before, but it's just really opening people's eyes to the broader organization, opportunities, individuals, etc. Yes. And I, I want to kind of circle back to the share the journey piece of it as well. I was on Instagram the other day, I logged in and I saw that I had all these new followers and that seemed... <laughs> sort of odd to me, like, you know, get a few all the time, right? Like I'm trying to grow my platform because I'm a writer and, you know, that's what you need to do is sort of find your readers. But it was like a huge number compared to what I usually get on sort of a daily basis. And I'm like, what is this about? And so I looked down and a writer friend of mine who's ahead of me in the journey had put a post on about a conversation we had just had about story structure. And she shared with everyone sort of our journey as we were sort of tackling her book that's due to the publisher in a few weeks. And, you know, and I had sort of, I sort of ripped apart, you know, sort of her plot a bit. And, and she had sort of put that journey out on Instagram, you know, she had images and she showed kind of like how it was all getting pieced back together. And she called me out on it. And it was this really cool opportunity to be part of someone's journey in such a public way. So I just want to kind of put a shout out to a number of folks that may be thinking of 
thanking someone on LinkedIn or, mm. you know, even coming on a show like this and you two being able to talk about your relationship here. I think sharing those journeys are so important. I think it inspires people. I had a, a couple of people reach out and we've done a couple of calls this week on their own stories. I'm not looking to get into being an editor, but it really helps me by sort of sharing the knowledge that I've gained in, you know, what makes a good story. So I love that. Share the journey. That's fantastic. So this sort of leads me to my last question. Um, <laughs> and it, this has been such a, an awesome conversation. I would love to have you both back on the show. Um, I think there's just so much rich knowledge and sort of compassion that you guys both show for people who both need mentors in this industry and companies that, that should be supporting it. But tell me, what books are each of you reading and um, what would you recommend to our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> You want to go, Jill? I just finished a book by Hernan Diaz called Trust. It's not for everybody, but it's a really interesting story told in four different voices. But it's all about the ups and downs of the American stock market and the New York Stock Exchange. So it's a little bit of history. There's a lot of drama. There's some socialite stories in there. And it's just really a cool story about a wealthy banking family throughout the years and throughout generations. Is it historical or is it, does it come up to modern times? Uh, no, it's historical. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's really cool. It's a fun read, but it's, like I said, it's not for everybody. <laughs> you have to be really into the history of banking and New York Stock Exchange and, and all well, that. As long as there's some drama, sounds great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? I have 2,800 books on my Kindle. I'm, oh. I'm, a, I'm a voracious reader. And I only read fiction, by the way. So uh, I just finished a book called Damascus Station by David McCleskey, uh, which is a spy thriller. Um, our chief growth officer actually hosted a dinner for the author last summer, but the uh, the author, it's his first book. And he is an ex-CIA analyst, also a McKinsey consultant. So I'm not sure which, I think the CIA came first, but I grew up in the Middle East. So I, a lot of times gravitate towards books that are in the Middle East, which I think are interesting to me, but I loved it. Oh, fantastic. And a debut yeah. author at that. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Big support for those. Uh, so thank you ladies so much for being on the show today. There's just so much great wisdom. I cannot wait to get this episode out to folks and really help people understand even the concepts of what mentoring that's impactful looks like in a real world setting. So thank you for sharing both of your stories. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Christine. Thank you both. It was a pleasure to do my first podcast and with the two of you. <laughs> I appreciate it. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just information, but you let it be transformational in how you think about your career. I'm rooting for you. To find out more about diversity, opportunity, and events in the exchange-traded fund industry, please visit womeninetfs.com. And while it lasts, be sure to grab your Thrive Guide on becoming the leader you want to be. You can download it at, with a K, christinedelano.com. If you haven't subscribed to We Talk Careers podcast, please make sure you do so. And if there's a topic you'd like us to tackle, let us know. All links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening.